0: Sí, de arriba. Oye. Toma lo suave, pero toma lo suave. Cógelo suave. Llegó el don, 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 don. ¡Qué vuelta! Filar Gisele. Toma lo suave, pero toma. Mami. Toma lo suave.
1: Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Suela Pérez.
2: Uh-huh. And I'm Vero Valletti Flores and we are two Latinx friends. With wildly different music tastes. And each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week
1: we're bringing you canciones sucias.
2: That's right. Yes. Um, we love these. Yep. You love these. Yep. So why
1: not? Why not? Why not? There's just so many to choose from. Even two years in, we've brought only so many of the dirty songs in our, <laughs> in our music playlist. Um, and we're starting with a throwback. This song um, that you're listening to right now is my pick, and it's called Lo Suave, and it's by Pilar Montenegro, Giselle Decol, and Don Dinero. So ya, preocupaciones,
0: no tengo en mi corazón. En mi corazón. Desaprendí, todo sucede, a su tiempo y con razón. Tómalo suave. La vida es cosa tan preciosa, uh-huh. hay que vivirla con pasión. Right. Sin ser esclavo a los deseos.
1: Think about
2: this one, though Oh my God, this is <laughs> hilarious. I have a hard time not separating it from the music video because yeah. I don't think I'd heard this song before. So I right. watched it. For the first I watched time. the <laughs> YouTube link that right. you sent me at the same time that I was listening to it, and the, the video is so awkward, y'all.
1: It's really <laughs> it's- awkward.
2: So bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it sort of matches the tone of
1: the song though, because she's in this like very upbeat way. She's like, don't stop, I, I don't know,
2: you know? It's yes, like... and she's like smiling and right. stuff. It's like really right. weird to be like smiling and like really like poppy way, song. but also sexy, yeah. like about like fuck me, but also like smiling like a pop star. It's just hilarious. Yeah,
1: there's a lot going on. <laughs> This is from my like 2005 era reggaeton jams. It was I had a couple of compilation CDs at that time that were like the totality of my reggaeton listening. And Wait, this was, was this one from one
2: Caribe 2005?
1: Not Caribe 2005, <laughs> <laughs> the infamous Caribe 2005, but from a different reggaeton mix. From around the same time compilation um, <laughs> that i found somewhere yeah so it Amazing. was definitely part of like my workout mixing college <laughs> i don't know um, all right but, all right and another one of those songs where like i didn't really listen to the lyrics i mean it kind of seems like she's not listening to the lyrics as she's singing them better um and then i was looking at old on for this episode and i was like oh yes this song because it's pretty dirty y'all like I mean she doesn't ever get explicit about what she's supposed to you know, what you're supposed to tomaze suave, but I think we can all kind of put two and two it's, together.
2: It's implied. I know. <laughs> we know it's pretty
1: <laughs> it's pretty significant. So Pilar is Mexicana. She's actually a pop singer and an actress. We were saying that her name is very novella like because, you know, Montenegro of Soraya yes. Montenegro.
2: We don't know if there's yes, any relationship. Totally. <clears throat>
1: Probably not. Yeah, um, <laughs> since she's and a I, fictional I, character. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as I can tell, um, Pilar, I think this might have been her one like little entry into like pseudo reggaeton pop because I don't see much else in her uh, catalog on, in this genre. Um, Don Dinero is a Cuban American rapper slash reggaetonero, and Giselle Decol is from Argentina of Paraguayan and Belgian descent.
2: So, All right. All right.
1: So, yeah, a little, a little dirty uh, ditty to get you going on
2: this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get you ready for your weekend plan. I know, right? <clears throat> well, my first song is from an artist that we haven't brought, featuring an artist that we brought a few times. This is a song called Pal de Belitas, and it's by Mark B, featuring El Alfa. Produciendo El Jefe yeah. yeah, yeah. Por esa cosita,
0: yo te preto mal de velito. Por esa cosita, yo te preto mal de velito. Por esa cosita, yo te preto mal de velito. Por esa cosita, yo te preto mal de velito. Si está lloviendo, ya me ve y de una vez se moja. Cuando yo le doy, sale caminando. Viendo ya me ve y de una vez se moja, ¿Moja? cuando yo le doy y sale caminando, coja, 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 coja. Cuando yo le doy y sale caminando, coja, 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 coja. Cuando yo le doy y sale caminando, coja.
2: rapidita y so this song has been on my playlist for a while because it's just so Catchy. Yeah. Uh I love to have it on my playlist for the my days of limpieza. Mm-hmm. You know, for a good yep. day of dancing with the mop. <laughs> I think that you need
1: to you need to capture that on our stories next time it happens. Because you'll be a Latina stereotype on so many levels.
2: <laughs> That's right, yeah. I'll just like get my boo to to be like, listen, can you film this here? That'll be the right next
1: La Juan James. <laughs> but it, <laughs> El Alfa is really catchy. He's really
2: catchy. Yes, so catchy. And this song is, I feel like, super catchy. And I feel like that it it really emphasizes the dirtiest part uh-huh. because they're like, cuando yo le doy sale caminando It's kind of like
1: a little bit fucked up, maybe. <laughs> she's limp maybe. y'all that's what Koha
2: means she's, she's limp she's, she's got a limp. limp because it, you know he hit it so hard but maybe that's how she likes it
1: as long as it was consensual yes <laughs>
2: if that's how she likes it that's cool
1: right right you know yeah, that's pretty that's pretty dirty
2: but that's not the only piece though I feel like what like the real coup de grace here is that he's like por esa cosita yo le prendo un pal de velitas which is like <laughs> maybe slightly blasphemous yeah <laughs>
1: and it's like is he proud of himself or is he like he's praising his his like performance or is he like pen, pen repenting for his you know sinning
2: <laughs> no no i think this is like a praise i think he's praise. like praising the pussy which is i feel like yeah. maybe the best kind of blasphemy right. that there is well if he's praising the pussy you know, like lighting a few praising candles his penis
1: for how good oh yeah it was. no no
2: he's definitely talking about her You know, por esa cosita, whatever the cosita is, he's going to, like, light some candles. He's going to, you know, in praise of this pussy. It's so so good. I'm going to light you some candles. A plus, in my opinion. Okay. All right. All right. Even if it's blasphemous, it's, like, the best kind of blasphemy in my book.
1: I mean, it's really interesting, because, like, a ton of these reggaetoneros that I follow are hella religious, right? Like, they've got you know, oh, Dios yeah. and Jesucristo all over their Instagram. And then they're singing about like really dirty shit. So it's just part of, the... you know,
2: Catholicism is just so interesting. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of room for error in Catholicism, you know, like there's confession. You can fuck up as long as you feel bad about it later. Right. You know, like we're guilt. good. Well, yeah. and also just, I, you know, especially
1: the Latino community has a stereotype of being super conservative, but the reality is like, people's lived realities versus their religious beliefs are very different so
2: well also I think that I mean I don't know what it's like people's religious convictions are all really different right so it's all very individual and you know different for every person but you know in a lot of places in Venezuela there's obviously people who are very religious but like most people are just culturally religious right right? it's like you're Catholic, and so you do your your bautizo, you do your primera comunión, you like mm-hmm. get married in your iglesia, right. whatever, and it's just like the water that you swim in. But it's not. I feel like in my life, it never was like a, a guiding moral principle of how I'm living my life. Did you, you grow know what up
1: I mean? Catholic.
2: I yeah i grew up this. catholic yeah. i went to a catholic school did you, did you get you your know? communion and your yes i did all my primera comunion there's a really wow. funny picture of course um, and like a all my, you dress. Know, <laughs> my sister and i both wore the same recycled dress because oh, nice. because why not right <laughs> and when did you stop do you still go to mass ever No, I mean, if I ever go to mass is because like, I'm literally forced to go by my dad. That shit is so boring. Oh, so your dad Um, still goes. Yeah, my dad still goes sometimes. And I think that like my mom goes like to support, but she was, she was always uh, really critical of the Catholic church as an Mm. institution. You know, I think that she believes in God like loosely, but I think that she um is really skeptical of the Catholic Church and its relationship to power and money and, mm. um you know, finds them to be very hypocritical in a lot of ways, which they are. In my personal right. opinion, the Catholic right. Church is like the number one worst institution of all time. Wow. You know, that's not to say anything about Catholics Damn. or Catholicism as a, a religion, you know, everybody... <laughs> I mean, they're like the reason that like, like the Virgin Mary, like the reason that like our virginity and sexuality politics are the way they are, which is really fucked up. It's like super misogynist. They're literally institutionalized. No, no women in power and they funded the colonization of the americas and they also like were cool with the nazis i don't know i just feel yeah. like it's gonna you know, be you, a minute you make a lot of good points um <laughs> so i'm okay with them
1: you make a lot of good points but i think i mean i don't know there are a lot of institutions historically that have like really been fucked up in a lot of ways so it's not that the catholic church isn't but saying it's like the most one i don't know i mean yeah. i don't I'm I, not mean, a historian. I don't know
2: like, what I about the Roman lot Empire? Of, I don't know. Uh, you know. I yeah. Know. I mean, I have a lot of like connections to the Catholic Church, which is maybe why I know like about all this stuff. But yeah. I don't, I don't like, you know, a lot of my family is Catholic. I think that systems of faith and people's personal connection to faith is really different from like the institution of like, right. you know, La Iglesia, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Because, but, like, um, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. where I
1: think I see the, positive value, but in people's lives, like Maya abuela was super devout. And I think that's a lot of what helped her to sort of deal with the bullshit in her life, you know, like she was oh, able absolutely. to use her faith and, and she stayed very sweet. You know, I think she could have become really bitter, um, and mean and she didn't. And I think part of it was that she had this, um, spiritual practice to rely totally, on.
2: Totally. Totally. And it's no so. shade to folks who like are Catholic. I feel like faith, I, I am sometimes really jealous of that, you know, because faith provides people with, like, a structure, a plan, like, a hopefulness for the future. And I feel like I'm just, like, hurling on this rock through space with, like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen, you know? like, And that's, like, a little it's, it's not like the most hopeful way to live your life. So like in some ways I feel like if I could believe that it would be nice, but, um, but it's just, you know, I, so it's no shade. Like I feel like people find a lot of comfort and meaning in spiritual practice and whether that's, you know, Catholicism or something else, I think that's great. It's more like the institution that I have a problem
1: with. Well, I mean, institutions generally seem to become
2: corrupt yeah just power is corrupting involved. you know right power yeah is so I mean not
1: to be like Marx because I'm not a Marxist but you know there is definitely something about <laughs> I may you
2: know, or may power. not be
1: <laughs> yeah power <laughs> corrupting you know so yeah well I also know that you have some velitas in your house so you may not be I do a,
2: have some velitas and they have some virgenes, virgenes on them right? you know You've so I, some, I have like yeah. Like, the iconography of of Catholicism is really aesthetically impactful in my life, you know?
1: Right. And do you consider yourself a spiritual person at all?
2: No, yeah. not really. I mean, I think that, like, I'm at the point where, like, you know, I feel like I believe in spirit. I think that it exists, but I feel like my connection to it is pretty tenuous, right? It's not where I go for solace, right? Right. Which is, I think, that that's what... I would think it would mean to be spiritual. I don't like, okay, when it's like, but, you know, I think that there is a sense of ritual and comfort when, like, something is up. Like, the other day, my mom had a cancer scare, and she's fine, you know, like, we, she had cancer when she was, you know, like... 17 years ago Shit. she they found a lump it was so scary but she's totally fine but you know like I I, prended, I I did my velitas you know right and it's just like there's like something like I don't know what's happening I don't know what's but it's just like comforting to be like here we are my velitas are on I'm thinking about you you know
1: right right yeah I'd say that's like definitely a spiritual practice right there yeah way, yeah so totally are
2: hard Totally. It just like when things are hard, which is like, you know, the Catholicism that I grew up with. It's like when right. things are hard, then you get religious. <laughs> right, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say I'm a spiritual person and I'm, I'm very pluralistic. Like, I think I borrow from lots of the traditions that are part of my life like from judaism which is from my mom's side and from catholicism which is my dad's side and also like buddhism and meditation which is something i've you know gotten into as myself so i i borrow from like lots of different places and mm-hmm. struggle to find one place that's like a spiritual home but have a lot of different practices that i mean and, and that's a big part of also some of the, like the healing work that i've done for myself and with other people so it's another place that we diverge not surprisingly i don't know if yeah. there's a connection between being a romantic and being spiritual because it's, it's a sort I don't of like know. blind optimism thing or or like faith you know like this belief in i don't
2: know yeah and it's not I like you don't it, believe in love There is something there yeah but there is something there because i feel like i don't know i'm just like sort of cynical i'm you are, just like yeah a, you know just
1: funny because you're you're cynical <laughs> but not really like a worrier and i'm not no like cynical but i'm like a mad worrier <laughs> So, yeah i'm not I really
2: stressed about things
1: yeah all right well <laughs> who knew that in this episode about dirty ass songs we would start to get real deep yo welcome to running i know shout out <laughs> el alfa
2: and mark b i know
0: <laughs> who
2: knew uh, and that it took us two Dominican years to have this conversation to so help us get through this i know yeah. we never
1: really talked about your like spiritual life so all right yeah well, Here we are here we are
2: <laughs> what do we got <laughs> next
1: <laughs> all right well we're gonna go back to some dirty music because that's what this episode is about um so this is a song by los racas and it's called hasta el piso piso. <laughs> in our Venn diagram of things that we both really appreciate and um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we've brought them before but I feel like we haven't actually talked them, about them enough in relationship to how much I actually appreciate their music because they're definitely one of my top um, artists. This song I think just sounds really sexy, like their voice, the use yeah, of So much of their it. sound
2: is very sexy, I yeah, think. Sexy.
1: Yeah, this is from their album El Negrito Dandan. Dun. Which actually the whole album feels kind of sexy and has more tracks that are sort of about sex or imply sex and hooking up. Whereas like the album that really made me fall in love with them is a, like a, actually called Raka Love, and that's um, that's most of the music I've listened to of theirs is from that album, and it has a very sweet—I mean, obviously the name of it—but it's very romantic, and that's like what I brought. one of the songs I brought up there is Magia to our first episode after our pilot yo, two years ago y'all you should go back and listen um, about Mm -hmm. Amor so mm, but this album I think definitely has more of a susio thing going on and you know it's more of an implied but I mean you know he's t- talking about like lying down on the floor like come on you
2: know, like we know what that's yeah, about it's not yeah. about going and to take they a have nap a, you. <laughs> there's this one song that they also have that I think would count for this where the, part of the beat is like a mattress squeak mm. which I appreciate right We've been, you've been wanting to do a whole episode <laughs> Of songs with mattress squeaking. I think it would be hard, but I've got it like would a be whole hard. playlist going.
1: I know. That's pretty amazing.
2: <laughs> um, so these two guys are pretty awesome.
1: They're a Panamanian duo. They're based in Oakland. And they're super political, right? Like you saw them at a gente gathering in Phoenix. Yes,
2: when we were um, we were knocking on doors to get Sheriff Arpaio out of yeah. office, which we were successful. Amazing. Um, and they performed at, like, the after-party thing. And I, like, actually chatted them before I realized who they were. And then I was like, wait, wait, wait. And then I, like, got really shy and sort of ran yeah. away. <laughs> shy girl Which lives on. on is the on. Your shy second time on. that I've ran away from Los Racas hanging out, like, a few feet away from me. <laughs>
1: i i'm also like that i'm not a bit i'm not good at like fangirling irl you know like yeah i I I mean i just
2: also i feel like there's a couple of things there i think that one is that i am a recovering shy person and that lives on for sure Mm -hmm. and then the other thing is that i'm a new yorker right and like the social contract in new york is that if you see a person who's famous walking around you leave them the fuck alone
1: oh really yeah yeah
2: I wonder if that's yeah, true in LA just too. Yeah, it's like everybody's like just trying to live their life. I
1: definitely saw Julianne Moore one time in like the West Village and we like made eye contact and she smiled at me, but I didn't like go up and ask her for an autograph
2: or anything. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I that saw that Lucy Liu like... once at an H&M.
1: <laughs> wow. She shopped at H&M. like,
2: exactly. That's what I said. I or was like, like you don't have an if assistant. I was rich, I wouldn't shop here. Maybe she's not that rich.
1: You know, women maybe, in Hollywood get paid maybe. way less
2: than men, right? It's true. Well, yeah. um, who knows? I yeah. hope that Lucy Lou's financial situation is okay. Because <laughs> she's kind of awesome as far as I know. Yeah.
1: Well, all right. Next time you see Los Racas, maybe you need to try and say hi. Also, maybe we should have them on the show. I would love amazing. that. Have we, We've only had women musicians, right? That's true. We've yeah. only had women Which, musician like, guests. I mean, that's not surprising. But no Maybe it's like we can break the my loves we can break the glass ceiling someday. <laughs> We've not even had any we, we haven't even had any male guests, right?
2: Oh no we had Lyle. We had Lyle from Oh, sorry Island. Sorry Lyle. One not, male guest. Not trying to erase joking. you. That's true. Oh,
1: also, and we've had Latinos who lunch. Come on. True story. They've been on the true show. Story. All right. All right. All so right, the, men, right. the men's are represented. <laughs> the men's are represented. <laughs> they're also very well represented in my musical taste because almost everybody I bring. It's actually unusual at yep. this episode. I had a woman. But anyway, yeah, Los Racas, shout out if you haven't checked them out. I also just, you know, they're really um, also big on repping their Afro-Panamanian identities and off and have some beautiful songs about that also.
2: Well, I think we're going to take a little break for a quick mensajito for you. Yes.
1: So this week's episode, we're doing a partnership with um, the National Network of Abortion Funds to let you all know about their National Abortion Access bowl that's going on right now.
2: Yes, the National Abortion Access Ballathon is the largest grassroots abortion fund- fundraising event and it's going on right now. That's over 60 events across the United States throughout March and April where thousands of participants fundraise for abortion for their abortion fund and then they party to celebrate their success.
1: Both Veto and I have um, met through doing reproductive rights and justice organizing work. We've both been on Bolathon teams. It's a super fun way to raise money for people who need basic medical procedures that, because of our politicized government, they can't afford or access on their own.
2: That's right. Abortion funds are these really, really cool groupings of mostly volunteers who just raise funds all year long to make sure that folks have access to the medical care that they need. And they are amazing. They're just sitting here redistributing funds and making sure that people are able to access the care that they actually just can't access because the state will not allow it. Yeah, will not allow it. Right. And that, there's so and many barriers. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, you know, you may not know this, but an abortion procedure can cost anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars, depending on how far along you are in your pregnancy, what your medical conditions are. And also, if you um, are on state funded Medicaid in most states, it won't cover this procedure like it would cover anything else. And most people don't have a couple hundred dollars sitting there waiting for an emergency like this.
2: Right. So instead of choosing between rent or your light bill or feeding your kids, you could call an abortion fund and they could help you get the rest of the money that you need to get the care that you really just need to continue your life. So this is a really, really important event. It's a really important cause. And I have a personal love for these folks because I was on the board of the network for many years and I just have a special place in my heart for them. So
1: if you go to bullathon.nnaf.org, we'll put a link in the show notes. You can check out to see if there's a bullathon near you that you can form a team and join up or you can donate to support a local bullathon team to help make sure that people can get the procedures that they want and need.
2: Do it, y'all! It is so important, but also it's so so fun. I promise you won't regret it. All right, Vero, what's your next Susia song? My next Susia song is by a Susia that I love. Uh, we've brought her to the show before. Her name is Carol G, and this song is called Pineapple.
0: It's cuando te hablan de mí, conmigo te las imaginas Ya sé, es obvio que tú mil cosas quieres hacer Y cuando te hablan de mí, conmigo te las imaginas Si yo apago la luz, tú la quieres prender Que yo sé que tú prefieres tocar lo que quieres ver Si ya entendimos Te puedes ver? Así que vente pa' la oscuridad Así que vente pa' la oscuridad Casi que no, casi no caigo, digo que no, pero siempre nos damos todo Siempre terminamos dando todo Pideme lo que tú quieras Pídeme todo lo que tu cuerpo quiera
2: I like what Carol G is doing, I feel like she's trying to be a mujer that makes it in Urbano and I have so much respect for her because the industry makes that shit so hard, um, hanging out with folks like Bad Bunny and J Balvin and you know, like these are the folks that she's collaborating with and it's just, it's just, it's really hard for, it's always been hard for women to make it beyond like a sexy feature, right? And women have been speaking out against that for many years. But she she's and she's been pretty honest about how difficult that is so um and how gender respect gender really plays into it so i i really respect that about her and being open about what she wants to do and what, how much of a struggle that really has been and i mean i think that part of why i brought this song is because women who express any kind of sexuality are immediately considered sucias right mm-hmm. and um especially her songs that more often than not I would say present an empowered female sexuality right, right? in which like the protagonists are just unapologetically sexual beings and a lot in a lot of ways the world is really not ready for that jelly at, at all right. right right especially in the Latino industry which is so unfortunate and, um, you know, in this song, she talks about si ya entendimos todas las señales, then let's go, right? I know you want to get in on this. I'm trying to hit that, too. Let's go for it.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, the dudes get to be sexual all the time. And they're never judged for that. They're praised for it. Yeah. It's
2: just considered standard.
1: Even though they're sexual with women who are then denigrated, it's a pretty, I mean, it's like the virgin horror dichotomy if we want to go back to catholicism right like it just really sets it really sets women up for not being able to succeed in the patriarchy
2: totally totally and it's such a double bind right because in the industry, if you want to be mainstream, you can be sexy and sensual mm-hmm. and beautiful in a really particular way, right, that the industry demands. But this will also get you slut-shamed and cornered into one specific kind of spot and type of artist that you are. Right. But try to not be that and see how far you get in a mainstream space, right? right. Like, how far are you able to get without... There's only a few artists out there that really are able to make it big who aren't really doing that right like what well, like there's like julieta venegas there's mm. um you know maybe natalia lafourcade and maybe um, right. anita right but, but there's oh, anita just...
1: but I uh, know anita's definitely sexual i mean think about downtown that song that we brought for our, oh no uh, i meant
2: anita tijoux yeah Ana, oh, Ana Ana tijoux, yeah. Tijoux.
1: yeah no not anita yeah. is definitely doing the sexual thing Ana tijoux yeah i mean but all those women are more popular in like a mo- almost more of an indie place right i mean they're very big but they're they're not in this sort of like right. They started arena. from a different
2: yeah. perspective, right? Like, there's no like, for example, corollary to let's say Missy Elliott, like a woman in Urbano who is not trying to do that, yeah, right? Who's trying to be Missy's a not, different kind you of woman? Like she's
1: sexualized in the same way, yeah. That also might be because of her size, though. It's really interesting, right? Like how... Yeah, it's standards. all... And, all, it's and like all her gender, almost. Like, I feel like her gender presentation is like a little bit different than... Right.
2: Her gender presentation yeah. is a little bit different, but I don't think there's a, like a little bit... There's not a ton of room for different kinds of no. gender presentations no. if you're a female artist in right. general. Right. But, right. but men Particularly can, yeah. within this genre.
1: Right. But men have more leeway in certain, in certain arenas, yeah, around attractiveness and... They definitely don't sexualize themselves in the same way. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that the rest of the songs that I'm bringing today, this song and my uh, last song are going to be their songs that I thought of as like songs about that are for the proud Susias. You know, they're sort of Susia anthems. And I think Carol G is definitely a mujer that's doing that today.
1: I figured you would bring some Proud Swissy anthems, so. That's right, that's I'm right. I'm glad you that you me. lived up to my expectations. Yeah, no, it's good, it's good. Okay, pero here's the big question about the song. What's the pineapple reference about?
2: La verdad no tengo ni idea, you know? <laughs> I'm just, I tried to figure out. There's lots of pineapples in the music video.
1: <laughs> I mean, I have one idea which is that What's that idea <laughs> the myth or the the like old wives tale or the legend that if you drink pineapple juice it will change the way that you taste. Oh, it changed your flavor. Yeah. If we want to be real susy about it.
2: Is that real? People act I mean, like it's
1: true. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I I only know that from pop
2: culture references can't remember what, but I definitely... I mean, people talk about it. I feel like I can't eat that much pineapple because se me pela la lengua, so I've yeah. never even tried.
1: Yeah, you get like itchy mouth. Yeah, that's definitely a thing.
2: But also, part of me is like, fuck that. Like, if you're trying to eat my pussy, you know what you're going to taste? You're going to fucking taste pussy. If you don't like it, <laughs> then you don't like it.
1: Oh my God, you're making me blush. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tastes like no fucking pineapple. Get the fuck out of here. Eat a pineapple if that's what you want to do
1: all right well i feel like this the next song is kind of in the same realm of like the way that sex is weird <laughs> around like tastes smells and things so my yeah. last song is by tito el bambino and it's called mi cama huele a ti
0: es que mi cama huele a ti
1: popular song of his. It's from 2010. I think it's his, one of his most popular. Um, and I, this song seems totally normal to me until you really think about it a little bit more. And then you're like, I don't know, yo, is this a little bit funky? Like, why are you, why does your, your bed smell like her? Maybe you need to wash your sheets more often. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm taking their metaphor a little far, but. Yeah, I feel
2: like you're getting really deep. I just assumed it was her perfume, her nose, you know? Perfume. Maybe it's like everything.
1: Yeah, it's like the pheromones, the whole thing. I mean, bodies are weird, I think, at the end of the day. Bodies are like a little weird and maybe a little gross, but this is just. Yeah, I mean, how sex we... is
2: just really gross, great. Right. It's you just, know?
1: It just is. So, I mean, clearly the <laughs> song. <laughs> is mostly about just, like, that yearning you have of somebody after somebody leaves when you've broken up with someone and the very physical yearning, which I totally understand. Um, and, yeah, this was one of my jams. I, Tito Mabino was, like, an early fave of mine. I brought one of his songs mm-hmm. to our third episode. Um, he started out his career with as part of the duo Hector y Tito in the 90s, a Puerto Rican duo, but then he went solo in 2004 and has stayed solo right, since right. then. Yeah, Um, Ziony Lennox have like a little cameo on this track. You'll hear them, but, um, but yeah, Tito's still doing his thing. He released a new album last year and even actually released a song in January with Ana Isabel. It was all about um, Puerto Rico post Maria. It was kind of under the Puerto Rico Se Levanta sort of arena. I'm assuming that it was probably a fundraiser for Puerto Rico. Um, A a lot of artists have put out songs to raise funds for the island. And it's actually, we just passed the mm-hmm. six-month anniversary, I think two days ago, was the six months since um, since Maria hit the island, and shit is still really, really hard there. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, for real. Shit is still really tough. Six months later, it's just yeah. unacceptable, and it's really fucked up. And also, folks in Puerto Rico are really, like, metiéndole mano, you know? People are... Yeah doing the things that need to be done and helping each other out and making um, amazing things in a really shitty situation.
1: Yep. It's
2: real. So,
1: yeah, I mean, we feature Puerto Rican artists a lot on this show because we love them and also just, especially in the last six months, really kind of thinking about the struggle of folks there. I have some family who lives in Puerto Rico who themselves survived fine, but we're so in shock after the, I saw them like, a couple mm. months later and they were just like yeah they they definitely were in shock just seeing what has happened to the to their home you know and to the yeah, people to absolutely. the country they love and i think a lot of people are dealing with like ptsd also people here in the us on the mainland who have family in puerto rico like having to go through that and watch their family suffer and not be in touch so this is something that's that, that really gonna hard grappling yeah. with for a really long time
2: yeah totally so. Well, shout out to our Puerto Ricanos out mm-hmm. there, Puerto Ricanics, We yep. love you. We're with yep. you. Yep. Our next artist is actually a Puerto Riquena. All right. Our last artist <clears throat> in yeah. this episode. Our last artist, another proud Susia anthem. This song is called Menealo, and it's by Lisa M. Like I said, this is another proud mm-hmm. Susia anthem. I uh, love this track uh, because, as you all know, I love Mering House. I think it is such great body music. And she just gets so lit and she dares people to have anything to say yeah. about it. Right? She's just like out here provocando everyone.
1: I didn't realize Mering House was a thing in the 90s.
2: Oh, Ah, yeah, that's when it was a thing.
1: Was that it was like that was when it was big, wasn't that? That's
2: when it was big. Got yeah, it.
1: got it. Yeah, this is definitely a throwback for sure. Especially yes. if you look at her outfits.
2: Oh my god, I got so deep when <laughs> I saw. There's a performance of this song that was on Salo Sensacional, which is a Venezuelan, you know, sabal variety show. As mm-hmm. you do. Um, and she has such a great outfit on. She's got these shades that are perfect. Her dancers are wearing really incredible stuff. Even the audience is on point. I, I, just, like, went in really deep on, like, the style inspiration. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, it's like this Lisa M performance is, like, my style inspiration for the summer of 2018. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all,
1: okay, if you don't follow us on Instagram, you definitely should. We're at Robbie Minea because Veto does most of the posting and she posted an amazing set of uh stories about the fashion uh from this video that I appreciated.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, like, screenshotted the video yes. and I was, like, went through it all. I was like, these shades, this dancer, this right, audience right. member, yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to wear a skirt made of strips of fabric. That was the most uh, '90s, early '90s thing I saw in this video. I'm
2: not oh sure I want that God. fashion
1: to. It's like it's like in the realm of skorts. Like I don't think skorts should come. Yeah,
2: back. it's sort of like a skort. I, I could do a skirt in the right situation. Oh
1: man, Meadows on the cutting edge of fashion, and I am not. <laughs> besides the fact that like i am like a female assigned person who wears mostly men's clothing i guess that's kind of cutting edge in itself but i find i feel myself to actually be pretty conservative when it comes to fashion <laughs> and better <like, laughs> at the be at the front of the trends
2: yeah i'm like out here looking yeah. like a crazy town according to my mom but you know i'm just mm. trying to pull some looks that's all sorry mommy <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been looking this way for enough time, though, that she, like, realizes that, like, whatever I'm wearing, like, a couple of years later, she's going to get it in the suburbs where she is. (laughs) Right.
1: She can only, yeah. She's got to get on board because now she sees that you're a trendsetter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But anyway, this song. Oh, my God. She actually says that her ritmos are para provocar a los reporteros que hablan de mí, which I think Mm -hmm. is so badass. She's yeah. like, "You got something to say? Tell me, bitch. Say it. I don't give a right. fuck. Right. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to menearlo even when the cops come to break up the party. I'm going to keep on miniandolo. Yeah. and I don't care."
1: It's pretty fierce. It's, it's, I think it's... I know.
2: I just I feel like Lisa Eme is is on point. I like this one. There's also a version of this song by Francesca, who is another really awesome singer. Um and uh and I'd recommend checking out both both tracks. They're pretty similar, but but I like Francesca as well. You should look into her work as well.
1: Do you know what Lisa M is up to these days?
2: You know, I heard she's still doing stuff. She's like got a few songs. Um, I think that she's like still out there doing her thing.
1: All right.
2: Not necessarily yeah. meeting house. I think she's like all over the place. All right. Yeah.
1: Also, like, yeah. randomly, all the artists you brought to this episode, almost all of them were, like, first name, last initial.
2: <laughs> oh. Lisa
1: M., Carol G., Mark B., Mark B. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's
2: just, like, the way that folks are doing it.
1: I mean, just coincidence. <laughs> they're, they're even from different eras, right? So. I know. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening to our Susie episode.
2: Yeah, thank you so, so much. And as always, all the details for all the songs are going to be on our show notes. And we also want to say thank you so, so much to all of you who have participated in our birthday campaign. You're
1: amazing. Amazing. And people are still supporting us, which is so lovely.
2: We've seriously had the best birthday month, and we are so grateful to you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for all your sweet emails and social media posts and donations. If you still want to take um participate in the campaign, check out the link in our show notes and it'll give you all the instructions, but we're basically just asking people to share about our show and potentially donate to our Venmo. And we, will and we give have you, some
2: regalitos for you.
1: Yeah, we have some little thank you gifts in return. So check it out. And we're in the works for a really amazing Radio Manea merch store that's going to be supported by all of your donations. So we're really excited to get that going.
2: Yes. Um, and, of course, if you don't follow us already, we are at Radio Manea on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can uh, just follow us. We have content for you going at all times. And if you don't subscribe to our podcast, wherever you subscribe, please do. It helps us out. And if you haven't done a review, that also helps us out a ton. So wherever you listen to podcasts, if you review us, we're always paying attention. We love your reviews and it helps us get in front of new listeners.
1: And if you're feeling the Lisa M. vibes and you want to hear some more 90s jams, our last um, full-length episode, 1998, came out two weeks ago. You should check it out. It's a good one. We do a whole throwback. That's right.
2: And thank you so, so much for listening. Como siempre, we love you. Hasta la próxima.
1: Ciao. (laughs) Ciao.